Welcome to a new Carter Report series, The Game Changers. These rare individuals appear once in a lifetime, like a blazing meteor across the night sky. They change the course of history. They show us the way forward. Welcome to The Game Changers. Welcome to this terrific series on The Game Changers. Now, the program today is R-rated. Now, don't, don't turn me off. It's R-rated, but it's okay for you to look at. Uh, let me tell you why. We're calling it R-rated, quite frankly, to get your attention. But it's different to the filth and the violence of many movies. This is R-rated in a special way. It's R-rated because R stands for righteous. We're going to talk about righteousness. It also stands for rebels. This is a story of a huge rebellion, a bunch of rebels. It also stands, R stands for repentance. We're going to discover today that God is the God not only of the first chance and the second chance, but the third chance. God is a very gracious God because of repentance. R also stands for retribution. Somebody said, you know it, the mills of God grind slowly. You know the saying? But they grind how? Exceeding small. We're going to talk today about retribution. And R stands for redemption. As I said a moment ago, people have said to me, uh, they can't believe in the doctrine of the second chance. Well, I believe in the doctrine of the second chance and the third chance because we will discover that where sin did abound, grace did, what does it say? Much more abound. R also stands <laughs> for restricted. This is a restricted telecast. It is restricted to those who don't cringe when they hear the truth about real Bible characters. The Bible tells it as it is. It doesn't gloss over the sins of men and women. This today is a story of real courage, real courage. It's also a story of uh, adultery and rape and incest in the Bible. Yes, especially in the Bible. Revenge, rebellion and uh, salvation. So we're dealing today with the game changers and the game changer today is King David, Israel's greatest king, the most famous king in the Old Testament. We're going to go, we'll go to the Bible and we're going to take a text in the New Testament, Acts chapter 13, and you've got Bibles in front of you there. So turn with me to Acts chapter 13 and verse 22 and 23. And when he had removed him, that's Saul, he raised up for them David as king to 
whom also he gave testimony and said, I found David, the son of Jesse. This is quite amazing. A man after my own heart. A man after my own heart who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a savior, Jesus. Now when you study, as we're going to do today, this great game changer, this remarkable person, it's almost hard to see how he can be a man after God's own heart. But we will discover that in spite of all the sins, the grace of God comes through loud and clear. A man after God's own heart. Now, history tells me that David started off as a shepherd boy. He was looking after his father's sheep. He was a strong young man. The Bible says, uh, this is almost too hard to believe, but he, he killed a lion and a bear. Now, something I forgot to tell you, that people come to us and they say, can you believe in these characters? Can you believe in characters like King David? Uh, it's just all mythology. But when I was recently in the Israeli Museum in Jerusalem, I looked at a, a remarkable plaque on which were the words, King David. There it is. It's, it's quite an amazing story. We now know that King David was a real historical character. The Bible is reliable. Now, coming back uh, to the time when David was a shepherd boy looking after his father's sheep when he killed uh, a lion and a bear. If you come over to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to stay in this vicinity today in the telecast, and I'm glad you joined us. Chapter 17 and verse 34 and 35. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard <laughs> and struck and killed it. Can you believe it? Um, this young guy, he killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands. I've been to Africa a number of occasions. I've been out on safari in Africa. I've had the great privilege of seeing lions in the wild. They seem to be much bigger than the scrawny looking lions that you see in circuses. These big, powerful beasts. And the Bible tells us that David took a lion and grabbed it by its beard. <laughs> I, I mean, it's almost too hard to believe. He grabbed the bear with his own hands as he grabbed the lion and slew it. It appears to me that God, now remember this, God loves courage. God doesn't love cowardice. God doesn't love wimpiness. God doesn't love the attitude, God loves people, he loves cowards. But God doesn't love the attitude that throws in the sponge and runs away from the battle. 
So here you've got a, a young guy, and God says, he's a man after my own heart. Why? Because he's got the attribute of God, and God has got courage. Now we're told that this young guy by the name of David was destined in the plan of Almighty God for greatness. There was a prophet by the name of Samuel. And God tells him to go to the town of Bethlehem. That's where David lived. That's where Jesus lived. That's where Jesus was born. And he goes there and he finds a man by the name of Jesse. And Jesse has got these big, handsome, tough young sons. And all the boys passed before the prophet Samuel. And each boy seems to outdo his predecessor. They're such good-looking boys. So all these boys pass before the prophet, and the prophet says, not him. (laughs) Not him. I've been told to come here because you've got to have somebody else. Now, if you come over here to 1 Samuel chapter 16 and uh, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical statue, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance. What does it say? The Lord uh, looks at the heart. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before the prophet Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Uh, uh, hey, are they all? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he, there he is. He's keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, ascend and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now, look at these words. He was ruddy, ruddy with bright eyes and good-looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. God had a plan for this boy. You know why God had a plan for this boy? You know why he was destined for greatness? Because man looks on the outward appearance. Where does God look? God looks on the heart. And he looked into the heart of this boy, David, and he found so much good in that heart that he said, this is the boy. This is the boy. He's going to become the king. His heart was right with God. I would like to remind you today that God has a plan and a purpose for every man, woman, and child. God has a plan for the man or the woman whose heart is right with God. Every one of us is called for greatness in the plan and the purpose of God, if we will only believe. Now, the story goes on and tells us about a man by the name of Goliath. He's the champion of the Philistines who are the enemies of the Israelites. Do you know how tall Goliath was? If you do, don't tell me because that will spoil things. 
He was just a tad under 10 feet tall. And he wasn't skinny. He wasn't like a pole. He must have been three feet across the shoulders, at least. Maybe four feet. He was a hulk. He was the incredible hulk. Uh, he had a spear that was so big that the head of the spear weighed 17 pounds. And he's out cursing God and the children of Israel. You know what the children of Israel are doing? Oh, we can't do it. He's too big for us. These are the people of God. We can't do it. That's sometimes how the people of God operate. We can't do it. He's too big. It's too hard. And then this boy arrives and he says, why is this uncircumcised Philistine defying the God of heaven? He says, isn't there a champion? They said, go home, boy. Go home, boy. Go back to your mother. One of his brothers said, go back to those few sheep. But he says, I will fight this man. And he's got one thing. He's got one thing that the giant hasn't got. He's got courage and a, he's got a weapon. <laughs> he's got a slingshot. You know what it is? You know, now you can read the story. I want you to notice the story. I want you to notice in 1 Samuel 17, 45 to 47, how interesting this is. 1 Samuel 45 to 47. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and uh, with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And uh, then this young man, the Bible says, he runs towards the giant. That's why he was a man after God's own heart. He wasn't a weakling. He wasn't a coward. He wasn't a person who was filled with doubts. He wasn't a person saying, it can't be done. It's impossible. We can't do these things. But the Bible tells us that David actually runs towards the Philistine. And the Philistine charges towards David and David lets it go. When I was at Avondale College, I heard a preacher talk on this, an old man by the name of Pastor Gain. And he spoke about the moment when the stone hit the forehead of the giant. He said something like this had never entered his head before. And, and this is true. Something like that had never entered the head of the arch enemy before. And uh, Goliath goes down, but he's not dead. He's not dead yet. And this young man comes and he pulls out 
Goliath's sword. I guess he has a battle lifting up the sword. But within a moment, he has lopped off the head of the giant. That's why he's a man after God's own heart. Many Christians think all the attributes of Christianity are summed up in the little rhyme, gentle Jesus, meek and mild, you see? But it's far more than meekness and mildness. It's a slingshot. That tells me God and one person are a majority. (laughs) We are saved not by our works, but by the works of the son of David who defeated Goliath on the cross. You see, Goliath represented the devil and the armies of darkness. David represented the kingdom of God. If Goliath had won, all Israel was lost. But when David won, all of the people of God were saved not because of their courage and not because of their works, but because David had won the battle. If God calls you, he will empower you. A slingshot goes a long way with God. With God, you are invincible. Don't hang out with people who are naysayers. Don't make friends of people who talk you down. Whether it's in church or out of church, Christian churches are filled with faithless people. It can't be done. You see? Don't tell me to preach it or else I'll just get out of control. (laughs) Listen, if God calls you, he will empower you. Now I come to the next great truth. The path to glory is paved with rough, jagged stones. King Saul is full of jealousy and anger and he sets out to kill David. Jealousy is a terrible sin. It is the sin of insecure little men and women. Saul initially loved him. He takes him into the palace. David is a skilled musician. Didn't belong to the Gaithers, but he did better. (laughs) Why was the king so depressed? David comes into the palace and he plays the psalms and beautiful music. You know why the king is depressed? Because the Bible says the king is angry. Listen to this. You may not know this. The main cause of depression is repressed anger. So if you have got anger inside and you don't give it up and get it out, you will become clinically depressed. That's a fact. And on one occasion, this anger came upon the king, took his javelin and tried to pin David to the wall. 
After the defeat of Goliath, the king was supposed to give to David his daughter because that was promised. His eldest daughter was Merab. But the king was a liar and a cheat and he gave the girl to somebody else. He had a, a younger daughter. His youngest daughter was Michael. And she loved David. And the king was going to use his own daughter to kill David, whom he hated. And so he said, you can have my daughter and become the king's son-in-law, but I want a hundred dead Philistines as the dowry. And David said, no problem, and brought him uh, 200 dead Philistines. He was not a wimp. Saul pursues him. David flees. One night, David is on this hill, the king and his army is on this hill. And a young man and David go over to where the king is sleeping. It's an amazing story. 1 Samuel 26, 7 and 8. So David and Abishai, he had courage, this young guy too, came to the people by night and there Saul lay sleeping within the camp with his spear struck in the ground by his head. And Abner and the people lay all around him snoring. Then Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hand this day. Now, therefore, please let me strike him at once with the spear right to the earth, and I will not have to strike him a second time. Look at me. You know why they were sleeping? Because God put them to sleep. God can put your enemies to sleep. Some crooked attorney who's coming after you who wants to fleece you? If you have God in your life, God can put your enemies to sleep. They can't hurt you. But David would not lift up his hand against the Lord's anointed. That's why he is called a man after God's own heart. And so they take the spear and they go to the other side of the ravine and you read 1 Samuel 26 21 and 25, because David has called out to him. Then Saul said, I have sinned, return my son David, for I will harm you no more, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. Then Saul said to David, may you be blessed, my son David, you shall both do great things and also still prevail. So David went on his way and Saul returned to his palace. What a tragedy to come to the end of your life after being the leader of God's people and your closing testimony is, I have played the fool. I played the fool. But even great and good men can do bad things. David goes and hides with the Philistines, the enemies of Israel. It's not good to associate willingly with the enemies of God. He hangs out with the wrong crowd. If you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, don't expect that God's going to bless you. Don't hang out with the wrong crowd. You don't need them. And they don't need you.
While there, he deceives the king, Achish, who was protecting him. 1 Samuel 27, 10 and 11. Then Achish would say, where have you made a raid today? And David would say, against the southern area of Judah, against the southern area of the Jehoahamites, or against the southern area of the Kenites and so forth. David would save neither man nor woman alive to bring news to Gath, saying, lest they should inform on us, saying, thus David did. And thus was his behavior all the time he dwelt in the country of the Philistines. You know what David is doing? David is making his own bed. David is lying to the man who is protecting him and befriending him. Don't tell me now he's a man after God's own heart. In his desperation to stay alive, he became a deceiver. This was the start of his own personal descent into hell. Listen to me. A liar always travels downhill. And we live in a time when the world and the nation are full of liars going down to hell. I tell you, I have known many liars. They've all had a bad end. David the deceiver was later deceived. Saul dies. David becomes the king. And according to the customs of those days, he acquires a harem. And in the next part of our program, in just a few minutes, I will tell you the story of David's harem. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The Antichrist is in the temple of God. I will read you the actual words of the great Roman Catholic Church. More than a billion people pray to the dead. But the Bible talks very plainly about good angels and bad angels. Why on earth were you and I born. This DVD series from John Carter will be yours with a gift of $50 US or $70 Australian. Write to us at the address on the screen. Visit carterreport.org, your home for inspirational teaching. Point three billion people live in India. Two hundred million of these are Dalits. Dalits, formerly called untouchables, are the lowest members of the caste system. One hundred percent of your gift will go to fund projects for Dalit girls as an alternative to slavery and prostitution. 
Your gift of $600 will educate, clothe, and feed one daylit girl between 5 and 15 years of age for one year. Go to carterreport.org or to the address on the screen to send your gift of $600 and change the life of one Indian daylit girl for one full year. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.